Numbers chapter 21. Why don't you go ahead and find that? It's good to see you here tonight. Just just hold your place there. I'd like to mention one other scripture. I understand it's a midweek normal service for Lighthouse Baptist. And I want to talk to the people uh, of the church just for about two or three minutes. And then we'll talk to everybody. But uh, if you're you're part of this church, uh, just go ahead and look up 2 Samuel chapter 21. I want to read to you one verse and make a few comments. If you're a member of this church, just want to say some things to you. I hope you'll let me do this. Uh, I didn't ask Brother Fisher uh, for permission to do this. I think he'll be okay, though he didn't need to know I was going to say this. Uh, before I do say this, I want to just thank you for your, uh, your, your work for the conference. Uh, you know, any time you have a conference, we, we had some, and uh, we're planning on having our first one in Thailand this year. And uh, we're planning on Brother Fisher being here for that, uh, Lord willing. But any time you have a conference, certainly there's a cost element involved. Uh, I don't think we ever had a conference where we weren't, you know, considerably behind, financially speaking, for the next little while after that. But we just believed it was worthwhile. We, we believed in the, the cost was worth what God did with that. And so I want to say to the church members... Uh, I'm not sure how that will all go financially, but but thank you for uh, your sacrifice. Thank you for caring about the Lord's work in other places and the people who do the Lord's work in other places. And I mean here in America and, and uh, even uh, in countries abroad. Uh, thanks for doing that. I, I feel, now you know I've been here, somebody, uh, I think Brother Shirley said to me it was my ninth year here. Uh, I think I was here on the first one. Um, I, I just believe that this one has been your best one. Now, you know, other people might think it was other years, but for me, I just felt that this has been kind of unique this year. Uh, it's been good every year, but, but I just feel that, you know, that God has wanted to say some things this year, and I feel like he was able to say them. And I feel there was a consistency with uh, different preachers and and I think if you have an ear to hear, uh, you, you probably heard something uh, this last couple of days. So I, I think it's been a good conference. I went home yesterday, and I was thinking about that. I was in my room and thinking, you know, it's been a, it just seems like it's been a particularly good this year. And my sense of it was, I, I felt the Lord's revealing to me was that it was so because of the prayers of the people of this church. That's what I felt God say to me. I, I felt God say, you know, what I was seeing was so, and that he was responding to the prayers that had taken place here, you know, certainly before I ever got here. So thank you to those of you who, you know, uh, you, you're not here, but from God's perspective, you know, you are here. You know what I'm saying? You're not overlooked. The Lord knows what you did, and he knows how you've prayed, and he knows all the uh, the secret things of prayer. Uh, what you did uh, quietly and privately, I think he has rewarded openly, and I feel like we've seen that. So, so thank you to the church for that. Uh, 
folks of Lighthouse Baptist Church, and I hope you would regard me as your friend, and I, I am that. Uh, I have a verse I want to give you. I'm but sure Brother Fisher would have preached on this here probably, well, I'm sure at least once, maybe more than that. Uh, verse 17, uh, you know the story in verse, uh, David had gone out to war uh, with his men, and that was his custom to do so. And uh, Ish by Benob, who was uh, of the giants, uh, had sought David out and was going to do him in. And then the Bible says, but verse 17, but Abishai, this is not my message, but Abishai, the son of Zerua, secured him and smote the Philistine and killed him. And then this is the part I want to talk to the church about. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. So what happened was, uh, members and friends of Lighthouse Baptist Church, was that those people came to the conclusion that, you know, a lot of our blessing that have come on us have come because of our leader. And uh, so much so that we see him as a light. And we want to, we don't want anything to happen to him. I'm sure they understood at some point he, he will get sick and he will die. And there'll be a time when God will take him, but they didn't, they wanted to maximize their time with him. They didn't want that, that departure to be any earlier than it needed to be. They valued him. And they came to understood that, you know, his being there was really important to them for numbers of reasons. And they said, look, there's some things that we can do that you don't need to do this part anymore. We can do this. Uh, we don't, we don't, we don't want to lose you. We want to do what we can do to preserve your longevity. We want to be wise in, and, and we want to value you and hang on to you. And I just want to say to the church, you know, uh, I know a little bit of the journey of this church. And I know the journey didn't start here in this building. And it didn't start in the one before that either. And it started, there's been, a, there's been a journey here, and during that journey you've had a leader, uh, a man who has at times questioned his own uh, ability to be that leader, but God selected him, and God has used him, and he has uh, been used of God to take you on a journey that has you to where we are currently tonight. And I just want to say to you, it will be very uh, wise of you to understand that you want to keep him around as long as you possibly can. And uh, so you want to just, first of all, appreciate you know, who you have. And, and if, if you know me, I'm not much into the superstar thing and and, and Australia is not a culture that is big into uh, heroes. That's more sort of talked about here than there. So I'm not elevating anybody to a, a superstar level, but I'm just recognizing the fact and asking you, and I'm sure you already agree, that you can see what a lot of us others can see who look at this ministry from the outside. And uh, we can see some things and we can see what God is doing with with your leader and the one that God has selected to lead you. And I want to encourage you to really, really appreciate 
really appreciate this time while it's here. I saw this week, now Curtis, I'm eroding my own preaching time. I saw this week uh, on uh, the TV here, they had like a, uh, you know, an ad on the TV talking and they were showing clips of Ronald Reagan's presidency. And, uh, and they were showing some speeches he made and clips. And apparently he would have been, you know, it's a birthday time. If he'd uh, been here, it would have been a birthday. And they were reflecting on his uh, contributions, which I think were significant, uh, to here, certainly, and even to the world. Uh, but, you know, it's often, it's often we appreciate people more when they're not here than we do when they are here. And there's, you know, I don't know why, it's just in us. And, and, but if we're wise, we don't wait to get to that point to understand what we had. You understand what I'm saying? You don't need to lose something before you will value and really appreciate it. So I'm just saying to you as a friend of this place, and I know what I'm saying, there are many preachers who would agree with me tonight who are also friends of this place. Do what you can do to take care of the one that God has here for. And I know you take care of him, but I mean, do what you can do to ensure his longevity in this place. Now, one day God will take him and he will go. And this church will be bigger than Doug Fisher. And it always was, and he'd be the first to acknowledge that. And this church will go on after he's gone. But but it'll never be the same. You understand? It, It can never be as it is now. It'll be different. It can still be good, but it'll be different. This is a season that you have now, and no season will last forever. I was looking at Brother Treber last night. I think he's gone, but uh, he was looking a little more aged. And and, uh, I made sure when I sat in the third row on my left last night, I just took a few minutes just to stare and I just was looking at him and I asked God, I said, would you help me to put, keep this image in my mind just to burn this into my head and remember this because I know the day will come where he will not be here and I want to remember him, I want to appreciate him now while he is here. And so I'm just saying that to the church, you know, as your friend, as someone who loves what God has done amongst you, as someone who has been a recipient of your blessings, uh, realize what you have and uh, just do what you can do. Hold on to the light of this place uh, just while you can. All right. So I just I just felt to sh- I haven't said that to you before, but I just felt like to share that with you. All right. Now I will preach to you. Go ahead and look at Numbers 21. And uh, we're going to read uh, three verses here, and I'm not sure that I'll ask you to turn to any other place. I'm going to share with you something that was, uh, this, this passage was a great blessing to me. Not just this passage, but a little while ago, fairly recently, God showed me something that uh, it really helped me. It, it, I'm still reflecting on it, and it, it, was, uh, it was a real blessing to me. I prayed tonight, uh, I said, Lord, can you, I feel like you blessed me with this, can you give me the ability to transfer that on? 
can that, can that also go to the folks who are here tonight? So we'll read from verse 16 to 18, and then uh, we'll just uh, talk a little bit about this. Numbers 21. And from thence they went to Beer, that is the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses, gather the people together, and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves, and from the wilderness they went into Matanah. So that's our text. Now, we're going to talk tonight about wells. Did you get that out of my accent? W-E-L-L-S. We're going to talk about that tonight. All right. Now, why are we going to talk about that? Well, because it's in our text, but also this is a theme through the Bible. This is something that God just keeps putting in places. And again, I know I don't need to remind anybody here tonight, but we understand that the things that God has put in the word of God are there for our learning. They're not, they're not random selections to fill up the book. They're not fillers to get to the main point somewhere else. God put these things here, and particularly when they just seem to keep reoccurring, there's something we're supposed to learn. Now, we're going to think about wells and what they are and what they mean, but I want you to just, before you think about wells, you need to think about water, because wells are about water, and, uh, and that's the thought. So here's what we're going to do. I'm talking a little bit about water. I want you to think about this. Think about the design. Think about how God made things, because this is going to come up a little bit in the message. Think about how God made the world. So, so understand that we had somebody who planned the world that we have. Now, I understand, you know, sin and all that, but you can still see things as God has planned and purposed them. You understand that, uh, again, there was nothing random in the creation. Things mean things. Are you okay with that? Things mean things because anything God is in means something. Is that okay? Anything God is in means something. Nothing is just nothing. So God has designed the world a certain way. And it's worth pondering and thinking about why he did some things. Thinking about water, which is going to be important to understand our text, every known form of life on earth, from the largest mammals, this is science talk, to what they call microbes, rely on water. If there is no water, nothing lives. Now, we don't think about this because we have not had trouble getting water to this point. We mostly grew up in our life. Water has just been around us. We don't sort of sit and ponder water very much. But when you ponder the design of things, God designed all of us that we have a need of water. And if we don't get water, we die. 
Now, we don't die right away. What happens is we diminish and we become weaker and then finally we die. But we can get to a point of weakness and decrease through not having water, that if we get water in time, well, we can revive. Water is really important to us. Now, of all the water that is on the earth, the place that God made and designed, so when he put the water here, of all the water we have here, only 2.5% is fresh water. So so 97.5% we can swim in, we can fish in, we can, but that won't keep us alive. If you drink salt water, you'll die. You've got to have fresh water. So, so out of all the water that's on this planet, this place that God made and designed and purposed and set it up, only 2.5% of the earth's water is fresh water. And 98, it's 98.8 according to what I read. So let's say 90, 98% of that water, 98% of the 2.5. Have we got this? Are we okay? Let's get this part and then the, then the, the meaning will come. So we've got 2.5% of the water on earth is fresh water, but 98% of that 2.5%, that water is either underground or it's in ice. So it, they say it's less than 0.3 of a percent, less than 1% of all the fresh water is actually in rivers and lakes. Are we okay? You kind of, I know this is sounding like National Geographic rather than uh, a Bible message, but just kind of follow the thought here. Uh, the water is really important. We need it. And God has done a curious thing. He's limited the amount of it. And not only has he limited the amount of it, he's put 98% of it in a place that is not easily accessible, though it is accessible. 98% of the water that is needed, he has put in a place where you can get it, but you have to do something to get it. Are we thinking wells, water, God, design of things? So water is God's blessing. If you look in the Bible, when God wants to stop blessing, he withholds water. If God, if God wants to, to demonstrate he's not with you, he's, he has some problem with you, or he's worse, you're cursed, or there's a judgment on you, then what he does, he withholds water. So there is a real connection between our need of water the limited amount of water, and how God works with us on the thing of water. So water is the blessing. As we think about wells, water is the blessing. Now, water literally is a blessing, but even water is in type is a blessing. So store that away. Now let's think about wells, and soon we'll go to our text. Well digging, digging for wells, is mentioned in the Bible. The patriarchs, the people who walked with God, dug wells.
And God recorded that. And God said, you need to know that. And not only that, as you look at wells, you find that God speaks to people at wells. So the water is the blessing. The well, you know what a well is, the well gives people access to the blessing. Okay, are we okay? Now, the water itself, the water itself is from God. We can't make it. We can, we can try to, we can extract it. We can try to locate it from something else, but we can't make water. Water is the blessing. God made it and God gives it, but we can't make it. So we have to get the water that he's given us. We can find the water, but we can't make the water. Remember we said water is the blessing. We can find the water, but we can't make the water. So let's talk about the text. The first thing I want you to see is that God leads people to a place where the water is. All right, now water water is the blessing. And uh, so God wants to get you to a place of blessing. God wants to get you, God wants to, you're here and God wants to get you to the place where the blessing is. And he does this all through the Bible. So he leads people. He says, I'm going to take you to a place of blessing. And uh, he led them different ways. Some were led by a cloud and a pillar of fire. And uh, some he leads other ways. But the idea is that God is leading you and, and we'll say for many of us has led us to the place where the water is, because that's the blessing. So he says in verse number 16, gather the people together and I will give them water. Now what you should be, you know, you ought to be thinking about this and, and it isn't just, uh, you know, God just, uh, you know, he just, they were just thirsty. There's more to this than that. Gather the people together. God is teaching them something. Now they, they would have got this, they'll get this message easier than us because they really understand about water. They understand if you don't have water, you don't have blessing. If you don't have water, everything dies. If you don't have water, you can't grow things. You have nothing to eat. Your animals die. If you don't have water, you die. Your kids die. Your babies die. Everything dies. The earth around you starts drying up and blowing away. If you don't have water, you don't have anything. And water is the blessing. But we can't make it. We can't. We don't have the means to make it ourselves. But we need it. And if we don't have it, we will diminish and get weaker and weaker and weaker. And if we still don't have it, given a long enough period of time, and it's not a long time, if you don't have water, you die. Seventy percent of your body is water. And I'm saying, I'm saying now we should be thinking about the designer and the way he designed all this. And we're starting to understand, hey, this thing of water is, is not just water, but it's, it's more than this. God has, he's put some things in place and, and he, uh, you know, out of all the water on the earth, 98% of it we can't do anything with. So there's, uh, you know, 2.5% uh, is uh, even fresh water. 
And then uh, most of that, just less than 1% is freely available. Most of that, you've got to go and find it. Water's the blessing. We need the water. We can't make the water. And God says, understand that, so I'll lead you to where the water is. I'll get you there. And that's what he said. You, know, you gather the people together. And if you, if you follow God's working with his people, he led them to places where water was. The patriarchs dug wells. Wells are the means to get the water. Listen, when you dig a well, you don't make water. You just dig a well to find the water that's already there. God, God already had it there. But you didn't know where it was. So, so you dig the well in the place where God leads you to, to find the water that he says is there. So, so God leads us, we go on the journey, and uh, God uses different ways, circumstances for many of us, series of events in our life where God worked, the, 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 the uh, moving of the Holy Spirit on our heart, our thinking and meditating, God got us to a place. He led us to a place. He said, follow me on a journey. I, I want you to go to this place. I've got a place of blessing for you. I've got a place where the water is, but you'll have to follow me to get there and just do what I say and go to that place and it's there. And so we follow God and we follow God. And, and you know, f- for most of us, it's not the cloud or the fire, but it's the leading of God in our life. And we get to the place, and when we finally get to the place where God told us to go, and God says, okay, this is the place, you're here, this is the place of blessing, God led you here, you're here, and we go, this is it, God said, this is the place. I led you here. You followed me to get here. Lord, I'm here. And this is where the bless, this is where the water is. God says, this is it. But you don't see water. Do you know what you see? You see dirt. You see dirt. You don't see water. You see dirt. Because the water is not visible to you, but God says the water is there. And you say, God, where's the water? I followed you here. You told me to come here. And I came. And you said that this was the place where you were going to give me the blessing. But I'm just seeing dirt. Are you sure this is the right place? And you might be disappointed and discouraged at what you see. But it's the right place. You're going to dig a well there. I remember when God began to work in my heart about Nakhon Sawan. And, and actually, when I say I remember when God... I actually don't remember a lot of it. I remember bits and pieces. I remember being in Australia, and I hadn't even gone to Thailand, and I really wasn't even thinking about Thailand. But I remember having... I mean, I'd visited there a couple of times. I remember having a map of Thailand open on my desk, and I was just looking at the map, trying to you know, familiarize myself with this country... And I saw this, this, this place, this city called Nakhon Sawan. And I don't know why it was, you know, the print, the font on the map was the same size as all the other cities on there. 
but it seemed bigger. I mean, it was the same size, but it just seemed bigger. And it just caught my attention, and I'd just, I'd read it, probably pronounced it wrong, I'd read it, and I'd move over, but it just sort of kept coming back to that a little bit, I remember that. And then I remember just one day, just, 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 what is this place? And just tapping in the computer, knock on to one, and a little bit of information came up, and it was, okay. And I'm like, why are you looking at this? I don't know. And that was kind of it. And then uh, I didn't think about it too much, and... You know, it was just sort of a place on the map, and then I sort of forgot about it, and then through a series of events, God led me to Thailand. You say, you went to Thailand to go to Nakhon Sawan. I did not give Nakhon Sawan a thought when I was going to Thailand. I mean, I just didn't think about it. I, I didn't realize. And so I go to Thailand, and I'm there, and I'm helping a church in Bangkok, which is not Nakhon Sawan, and it's about three hours away. And to be honest, you don't meet many people in Bangkok who come from Nakhon Sawan. Now, you meet them from other places. And, uh, and a lot of, you can sort of, look, if you get in a taxi, you can pretty well narrow down the two or three provinces that that taxi driver's probably come from. And just things like that, but, which, but it doesn't come up. But, but this thing just sort of began to work on me a little bit. And, and, and after a couple of years, it came up again. And I started to mention a little bit to my wife. And I, I never cloaked it in language like, Oh, honey, I, I think we could be being called to Nakhon Sawan or anything like that. But I just sort of mentioned a little bit. An occasional conversation, I say to Joe, Joe, have you been to uh, Nakhon Sawan? No. Do you know anything about it? No. Okay. And I'd forget about it again, and then it would sort of come up again. And what I'm saying is, I, I understand now. I didn't see it then. It was God was working, and, and, lead, and God was saying, I have a place. I have a place. I have a place where there's water. And I'm going to take you there. But I didn't understand that. And it was just kind of working. And then uh, eventually, you know, Joe wasn't even driving. And, and I said, Joe, why don't, I don't know. Why don't we go up and have a look at knock on someone? I don't know why. We have, you know, let's go as good as any place. Let's get a car. We hired a car. And uh, he said, why are we going up here? I said, I don't know. But let's just go. So we spend a night, we come back. So I drove the three hours up the road. I'd never been that way before. We arrived up there in the night. And I remember, you know, it was night time. Well, that's probably the best time to see Nakhon Sawan at your first visit. And uh, so we, we came in in the night and, um, and um, found the only hotel that we could locate. It was pretty run down and we, we stayed there. And, and, and I don't know, I'm not sure the significance of this and I don't even know why I'm telling you. But something strange happened to me that night as we were sleeping in that hotel room. Now, we hadn't even got outside to see anything. You understand? We got there at night. We couldn't see anything. We barely located this uh, hotel. And you're not thinking hotel standard here, I hope. This is a, the same name, different different uh, complex. And uh, so we, uh, we get to that hotel, and uh, it's nighttime. And so the plan is, you know, let's sleep tomorrow. Let's get up. Let's have a look around a little bit and then go home. That night, something happens. It's never happened to me before that in my entire life. One of my eyes fuses shut. I wake up in the morning. I cannot open my eye. I go to bed without any problem. I've never had a problem with this in my life. I don't have eye problems. I woke up in the morning. I cannot open my eye. I can't see. And I'm in incredible pain. And I can't see. 
And I make a mistake. I do what you do when you have pain in your eye. I begin to rub it. And it's worse and worse. And water is streaming down my face. I cannot open my eye. And I mean, we haven't left the room. And I'm in awful pain. And I'm saying, Joe, I've got to get to a doctor. I've got to see a hospital or something. Joe, I can't see. He can't drive. And, uh, and I'm saying, do you know anywhere here we can go? And he's saying, I don't know anywhere here. And I said, I, you know, I can't. I don't know what to do. He said, we'll have to get back to Bangkok. I said, I, gotta, I know how I'm going to drive. So I tore up a bit of paper and made like a little sort of patch the pirate thing to cover one eye. And I got out of the room, got in the car, and as best I could, I drove back to Bangkok. And that was my first visit to Nakhon Suwan. I've had that eye problem from then to this day. That was my first visit. Say, so what did you do? I just thought... That wasn't a nice visit. <laughs> you know, forget about that place. And so I didn't think about it again for a while. But God kept bringing it up again. And I mean, it was just quietly, but he kept bringing it up. And I remember one morning saying, Lord, this knock on some one thing's on my mind. It keeps coming up all the time. And is this, is this you? And I'm thinking, I remember getting in a taxi and uh, I get a random missed uh, phone call from somebody who, you know, I, I don't know who they were. And I say, well, where are you? They say, oh, I'm from Nakhon Sawan. And I just go, oh, okay. I hang up the phone. <laughs> and uh, I say to the taxi driver, so where are you from? I think he's from one of those same three provinces that they all... He says, I'm from Nakhon Sawan. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, this place... This place keeps coming up again. And uh, so uh, I say to Joe, uh, you know, we should go look at that place again. And uh, he said, uh, why? I said, I don't know, just go look. So we went there again and we took another trip up there. And, uh, and I'm starting to feel, is this the place God is leading me to? And as we're driving, I'm thinking, if, if this is the place, if God is leading me to this place... What kind of place will this be? And I'm feeling like God's sort of beginning to say to me, there's water in that place. Just follow me, there's water in that place. And I'm beginning to get a little bit excited, which is about as much excited as I ever get. And so I'm just a little bit excited. And I'm thinking, what will be here? What, what kind of place is this? There's water there. Is this God? And we get there and we arrive. And I remember we're driving. Now it's daylight. We're driving into the, the town and there's a big blue sign across the road. You'll see it when you come. And it says, welcome to Nakhon And I get like, and suddenly I'm getting kind of spiritually romantic. You know what I'm saying? I, I haven't been here before, but welcome to Nakhon Kind of a nice name, Nakhon Sawan. And, uh, and so we, 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 <laughs> we get there and I get out of the car and I'm looking, you know, this, this, now I'm starting to feel a little more confirmed. I think this is God. And I get out of the car to see the water that God said, this is the place. And you know what I see? Dirt. And I'm like, 
what is this place? And all my senses are telling me, there's nothing good here. This is not even a nice place in Thailand. And the people here, and they weren't friendly. And, I, and all Thai people are friendly. And these people are not friendly. And, and, uh, and, and what I'm saying is, when I first got there, it just seemed like, this just dirt. And God's saying to me, this is the place. And I'm going, you sure? It doesn't seem to me. This is the place. And it's God saying, this is the place. And we've made a momentous step in our life. We got to the place. We followed the cloud. We followed, we got there. We got to the place where God said for us to go. And we even went with a sort of anticipation. But now you're there, there's just dirt. But it's not just dirt. There's water hidden under that dirt. The water was there before you got there. He put it there. But you can't see it. But he says it's there. And God's going to make you a well digger. And so I, I get there, and, and uh, now we've been here a while. You know, I was laughing just uh, probably about, I think it was just last month, there was a Filipino pastor came through town, and uh, he sort of came through, well, he didn't come through our town, but he came through Bangkok, he contacted me. I preached for him a couple of times in the Philippines. Honestly, I, I didn't remember, but uh, I had. And uh, so I said, well, come up and see us, and... And uh, once you preach for us, preach to the men, you know, it'll be, be good for them. And uh, he came up. And, you know, Filipinos, they're very, they're very positive people. It really rubs me up the wrong way. And uh, they're just really, you know, enthusiastic, positive people, ex- excitable people. If you've been over there, they're just excitable people. And he comes up and, and, he, and, I, and the men are there. And he looks at them and he's smiling all the time. And he's looking at the men and I'm... And, you know, I know all their stories, and, and, and he's looking at the men, and he says, Pastor Shemish, your future leaders. And I said, my present problems. <laughs> and he was... And I'm saying that God does this thing where he calls you and he says, I'm going to take you on a journey and I'm going to lead you. Remember, water's the blessing. I'm going to lead you to the place. But you, you, don't, you don't see the water when you get there. All right, but the water's there because God put it there. Uh, and, and, and you get there and then here's what the Bible said and, and we're staying with our text. Uh, in verse 18, he says that they dig the well they dig the well. They got to the place where God said, they dig the well at the direction of the lawgiver. And so when you get there, he, the first step is, he says, follow me, and, and you've got to follow God, and you've got to go to the place where he says, and he leads you to a place, and he says, I'm going to take you to a place, and I'm going to give the people water. i got water there, but when you get there, you don't see the water, you just see the dirt, and you know, I'll tell you something, if you're thinking about the types here, the Bible word for dirt is earth. 
earth. The Bible doesn't say dirt, it says earth. Are you getting this? Like earth. You know, water in its natural state is clean. But when you put dirt with water, it gets unclean. But it'll always separate itself. And the dirt goes to the bottom. But if you put too much dirt, too much earth in the water, and you get, and just, you keep piling the dirt on the water, you know what it becomes? Mud. And mud stinks. And mud traps. And mud will make you dirty. When you should have water and now you've got mud because there's too much earth in your water. But that would be another message. So you get there and the Bible says now they follow the directions of the lawgiver and they started digging. Can you see this? God led them to a place and God said, I'm going to give the people water to drink. But where he led them to, nobody saw any water. But they were in the right place. And God said, it's here. But you have to follow the directions of the law giver and dig. And you'll dig and you'll get the water that I have here waiting for you. And that's what you have to do. When you get to the place, God says, there's water in your place. It's there. God said, I didn't put you in a place where there's no water. Hey, 98% of that, 2.5% of that water we can drink is underground. I'm saying he designed it that way. He, he's in more than you know he's in. He's, he's, he's got types and pictures and things all around us and we don't see them, but this one is in the Bible. And he says, I bring you to a place, the water's there, brother. The blessing is there. Don't think you made a mistake. Don't get overwhelmed by the fact that right now all you can see is dirt. Follow my directions and start digging and you're going to hit the water that I have there already waiting for you. I brought you to the water. And you just have to start digging. And that's the divine design. Now think about this. This was, this, I was meditating on this recently and something just, it just hit me. I thought about how God designed that and, and the water is there and the concept of digging the well. And I thought about, you know, everything, everything that we call precious. I mean, you're wearing gold tonight, some of you, and silver. And some people have got some diamonds in a ring. And you paid a bit for that because it's precious. And I started thinking about all those metals and the silver and the gold and the diamonds. And I realized something. God designed this world that all of those things are there, but they're hidden under dirt. And you only get the precious things by digging away the dirt. And when you dig a well, you don't make water, you just move dirt. Well digging is actually dirt moving. 
to just find what God has already put there. Because remember, the, the, the thing of the water, we can't make the water. I mean, only God can make the water. We can't make it. But he can lead us to it. And he'll say, the blessing, I made, God says, I made the water. You can't do that part. I made that. But it's there. You know, I think about the local church. We can't build, we can't build the local church. I mean, Jesus said, I will build my church. You can't build his church. And he won't build your church. But he will build his church. The waters of God. It's the divine design that you have to move the dirt to get to the water. You've got to dig the well. Hey, the calling is to be a well digger, to dig a well. You can't make it, but you can clear the dirt away and find what God's already put there. Now, you know who's supposed to dig the well? You have a, <laughs> you have this thought in your head. You know, that the digging well is like call the laborers or call the lowly. And yet the Bible says, remember I already told you, the patriarchs, they were the well diggers. And then here in our text, here in our text, in verse 18, you know, this is the most curious little three verses of scripture. It really is. You know, the, the, I must have, I must have read, I must have read 15 commentaries on this to see if they had some insight. And it wasn't much, to be honest. A lot of them said that this is kind of misplaced from somewhere else and all of that. And, and I'm thinking, it's not misplaced because the Holy Spirit has just showed me this and I'm, even I am almost jumping with joy. <laughs> this is doing something to me. I'm like, and, and I'm thinking the goal, the, it's all, he hides it under the dirt. It's the grand design. He says, it's there, I'm going to put it in your world, and you can't make it, but I'll lead you to where it is, and you just clear away the dirt, and you'll find it. And the Bible says in verse 18, the princes dig the well, the nobles of the people digged it. So the well digging part, it's not for the, it's the leaders. You're the one who's supposed to dig the well. The leaders uncover the dirt so the people can have God's blessing. And that's what you're to do in your place. God led you there. God put you to a place and he said, this place the people will drink. This place will be a well. And and in this place... The people will come and they'll... And remember, listen, when you look at wells, God speaks to people at wells. God said, I'm going to lead you to a place. I know there's dirt now, leader, but you're my man. And you'll believe me. And you'll start clearing dirt even though you can't see the water because you'll believe me. And when you get the water, you'll drink and everybody else will drink and, and it'll be the blessing will go around and you're the well digger. You've got to do that. You give the people the place where they get to hear from God. I mean, God spoke to people at wells. You, you give the people the place. You know what else they did at wells? They built altars. And that's what you do. You move the dirt to find the water that God already put there. And he led you there to it. 
And every time you get overwhelmed by how much dirt's around, you need to remind yourself it's there. He said it was. If I just keep digging. And the fantastic thing is this. When you dig a well and you provide a place, you know, God, God, God said, he said uh, in the text, gather the people together. I'm going to give them water. But the princes and the nobles had to dig it. God said, I'll, this is my part. God said, I'll, I'll make the blessing because you can't. So don't worry about that. You can't do that anyway. And number two, I'll lead you to where it is. And you just clear the dirt. And it's there. And the people will drink at that place because you dug the well. Now, the other thing about this well digging, it's not a one generation deal. They stayed there. Listen, John chapter 4, verse 12. She says to Jesus, but get the part about the well. Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Well, that's a few hundred years ago. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children? I mean, years later, the well was still there. And guess what? God was still speaking to people at that well. Jesus was there. And she said, this is the well that Jacob gave us. And yeah, Jacob drank of it himself. And his children drank of it. And you've got to drink of it yourself. But we're still drinking of it today. Because he dug a well in this place. I mean, you don't dig a well, you clear dirt. And, and that's how you get the source. And the well will last longer than just that generation. And that's what God wants you to do. And we should think about where we are as places that God said, I designate this as a well. There's water here. Now, I know there are times I look around, knock on someone, and I say, Lord, you sure? But it's kind of like that other message. It just depends what eyes I'm looking through. In the right moments, he just comes along and says some things to me like this and says, okay, the water's here. So do you believe that? I really do. I really do. I've seen some of it already, but there's more. You know, when you, when you start clearing the dirt away, you know what happens after a little while? The first little bit of water starts to surface. I mean, you don't hit the whole thing clear and running free right away. The first little bit starts to seep through the dirt. And you're like, hmm. And you say, I think this is the right place. And God says, I know it is. And you dig, and you dig, and you dig. And if you just keep on digging, just keep moving the earth out and making a place where the people can drink and hear from God, and then you get to a place where you did what Jacob did and you have a well that will outlast you. And that should be your goal. Now, I'll give you a final thought. In Exodus chapter 20, in fact, there's a lot of thoughts about this, but in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 24, God said a curious thing. Now, remember, we're thinking about what a well is and we're thinking about like uh, the moving of the uh, dirt, which the Bible just calls earth. 
and I think it's called earth for a reason. Here, God is talking to them about uh, an altar. And uh, he says a number of things, but uh, I think a curiosity here. Did I say 20? 2024. An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me. An altar of earth and shall sacrifice thereon. Thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen, in all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee and I will bless thee. And do you know what we do for God? We don't leave monuments. He doesn't want them. The monuments are what you made. But the water is what he made. And you can't make it, remember? So, so God says, you move the dirt, and at the end of your life, that pile of dirt that you moved, that's the altar. That's what I will pay respect unto. Not you trying to do what God has to do, but you moving the dirt. And when God sees the dirt, the earth that was moved, he says, that's the thing I give respect unto. And so when you go out of here, and I'm going tomorrow, Lord willing, I'll get on my Thai Airways flight and I'll fly 18 hours, which will be two days. And Lord willing, I'll arrive back and then I'll get in the car and I'll start the three-hour drive to go back to the place where he told me to dig and I'll start moving some more dirt. And you go back to your place and you do the same. And maybe next year we'll talk about how it went. But the water's there. He led you there.